What's up? This is Levon Zarike, former University of Washington football player, and this is I already forgot. <laughs> Circling Seattle Cir- Sports Podcast. Circling Seattle's that's a tongue twister. Circling. Hello all and welcome to the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. This is episode 101 of the podcast. We are over the three-digit hump. We are chugging along here. We've got everybody seems to be firing on all cylinders except for a few teams that are still in their offseason. But, you know, with that being said, the majority of these teams that we are seeing here for Seattle sports are firing on all cylinders for the most part. So let's just jump into it. Speaking of firing all cylinders, the Seattle Seahawks played their week one game against the Indianapolis Colts on the road. They would take that game 28-16. to Stat leaders for this game would include Russell Wilson, completing 18 of his 23 passes for 254 yards and four touchdowns. Chris Carson led on the ground with 16 carries and 91 yards. Receiving-wise, Tyler Lockett led the pack with four receptions for an even 100 yards and two touchdowns. Tackles, Bobby Wagner led with 13 total, six solo, one tackle for loss, and one pass deflection to add to those tackling stats. Turnover-wise, DJ Reed had the only defensive turnover for the Seahawks, with a fumble recovery after Carson Wentz fumbled on a QB sneak. Um, Post game, sort of thoughts to look back at this game on is this D line depth sustainable? Is this D line something that we're going to see continue to wreak havoc over the course of the season, the 17 game season? I would certainly hope so. Um, normally, you know, the Colts D line is O line, pardon me, is recognized as being one of the better units in the league at that spot. Um, but it really seemed like the CLD line got after them um, for a good amount of the game uh, and really had their way with Carson Wentz um, and took care of business. So that was interesting to see how that all transpired, to see you know them kind of getting thrown around. Uh, Al Woods, Brian Monet, Daryl Taylor, all really busting most of the D-line for the most part, getting after it. Um, so that was really cool to see. And hopefully that's something that can be sustained throughout the course of the season simply because that pass rush will help out the rest of the defense, both on the secondary level um, with the linebackers and then, you know, in the obvious, the secondary uh, with the, you know, the DBs that we've got. So that's, that's, that's a question to think about. Is that D-line depth going to be sustainable throughout the season? Uh, next, what things does Shane Waldron have up of his, up his sleeve? We saw a little bit of what Waldron can do in week one, but again, this is week one. So I'm sure there'll be more to see as we continue throughout the season, utilizing guys' strengths, utilizing the different talent that's on this offensive side of the ball. Um, but it looked good so far. That was that was encouraging to see and uh, exciting to see. Hopefully that continues throughout the season and adjustments are made to teams as they you know see film on the guys and as we continue down the stretch. Can the cornerback group hold up? How much... In the future, will Sidney Jones need to help this group? Now, when I say that, I'm not saying that Sidney Jones is like the, the answer to everything in the world for this cornerback group. I'm saying that I know that he'll help because um, he's a talented player. He had a good year last year in Jacksonville. Um, I mean, you look at it right now. We've got Trey Flowers, DJ Reed. Uh, Trey Brown was injured. So, you're, I mean, you're looking at a cornerback group that played this week without Trey Brown and without Sidney Jones for the most part, you know, so it'll be interesting to see, as I mentioned, you know, with the D line depth helping out the secondary, it'll be interesting to see that secondary grow throughout the season and hopefully, you know, solidify itself because this is a group that has a spotlight on it. 
you know, if you're a fan of this team, you kind of are aware of the the issues at the cornerback position. So that will be something to monitor and check on throughout the season to see how the cornerbacks are holding up, especially with some important matchups coming up, even next week against the Titans with AJ Brown and with Julio Jones. And then finally, is this the year that Russell can sustain his MVP play throughout the season and second half of the season and finally get at least an MVP vote? Obviously, it would be nice for him to be, you know, close to runner up or even win the award itself. Uh, but can he get one vote? Because even last year, he didn't get a vote. So that will be something to watch as well. You know, Russell, four touchdowns on the day, uh, very efficient, only throwing five uh, incompletions compared to the four touchdowns. So that is nice. Uh, offensive defensive MVPs. Normally I've got the guys here, but obviously I don't today. Um, I had Tyler Lockett. I thought he had a great game, uh, great, a great adjustment on that first touchdown that he caught. Um, has always been a guy that's been important to this offense. Um, what the heck? Sorry. Um, the guy that's always seemed to be underrated was drafted as a return specialist and is now one of the better receivers in this league. Um, the defensive side of the ball, I had to go with Bobby Wagner, uh, making plays on the side of the defense. Tackle machine, as always. One pass deflection is nice, getting involved in the passing game there. Uh, Bobby is the unquestioned leader of the defense and somebody that will go down as a Hall of Famer. Um, and just really glad to have him on the field. Obviously, it would be nice to pair him with KJ Wright year in and year out, but KJ now with the Raiders. So uh, moving into injury news for the Seahawks, uh, wide receivers Penny Hart and D. Eskridge suffered concussions versus the Colts. The uh, severity of those concussions is still yet to be determined as we are. I'm doing this on Tuesday morning, and I have not heard anything about those. Uh, as far as I know, they're day-to-day, some of the monitor. Uh, running back Rashad Penny suffered a calf injury against the Colts. He's expected to miss some time and may hit the short-term IR. It is feared that he will miss week two. I, I am expecting that he will miss week two, considering the, the wording of that. And center Ethan Postage suffered a knee injury versus the Colts. Um, Postage had been dealing with a hamstring injury earlier in preseason. Um, so it seems like Ethan has been dealing with some injury issues and uh, Kyle Fuller, the backup center, should step in right for him um, after having do, ooh, doing so uh, against the Colts. But, yeah, Mr. Postich is not having the easiest start to the year, at least injury-wise. Uh, team notes, the team came to an agreement with left tackle Dwayne Brown on a deal. They reworked his contract. Uh, Max is out to $12 million this season. He gets more upfront money and incentives. He converts per-game roster bonuses to guarantees and gets injury protection benefit for 2022. Dwayne Brown stated that there is no bad blood with the team, saying that sides came to a compromise. The game day inactives for the Colts were quarterback Jake Luton, cornerback Bless Austin, running back Alex Collins, center Dakota Shepley, left tackle Stone Forsyth, and defensive end LJ Collier. So with Collier being out, that was something that was interesting to see uh, the day of the game. But it also factors into what I've been mentioning so much about D-line depth. You know, uh, when you've got as many guys um, in the D-line that are going to, you know, see the field, at some point, one of them is not going to be able to make it just because you've got so many guys. So I guess LJ Collier was the odd man out that day. And that's interesting to see um, and wondering how that 
I'm wondering who else we might see, you know, inactive going forward with that D-line group. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson could be trade candidates after the season per Ian Rappaport. Rappaport said that if things go well in 2021, Wilson could end his career in Seattle. If not, the team could look to trade him after the season. I think that's a bunch of BS. Um, I think I think this is another case of the NFL media trying to stir the pot as they did this offseason. I think it's just a bunch of baloney. So I'm not going to pay that uh, article much mind. Uh, and the Seahawks restructured Quandre Diggs's contract. The team converted the starting free safeties $100,000 in per-game roster bonuses into the salary and accelerated $5.05 million of his salary into a signing bonus while adding a void year. So the Seahawks wrap up all of their contract issues that they had been facing going into the preseason with Jamal Adams, Quandre Diggs, and Dwayne Brown. League-related news, the NFL Players Association wants daily testing. The league has moved to weekly testing but the NFL Players Association wants a higher frequency of testing, advocating for daily. Looking ahead, the Seahawks take on the Tennessee Titans in Week 2 at 125 Pacific time. That is a big game considering the offensive weapons that the Titans have, as well as the fact that they got handled pretty handily, pretty well by the Cardinals last week. Um, so, you know, Derrick Henry, Julio Jones, A.J. Brown all come into town. Uh, that'll be an interesting, interesting one to watch. The first Seahawks game with uh, fans in the stand since what 2019 so that'll be exciting to see uh, g- glad to have the crowd back a lot of these defensive players really have not gotten an opportunity to see the 12th man uh, the 12s in action uh, at home so that'll be exciting for them to see looking into the Seattle Mariners in their past week they took on the Astros in two games on the road the Diamondbacks for three at home and then one against the Red Sox here on September 7th, they played the Houston Astros. They would lose that game 5-4 to four in 10 innings. Player of the game to be designated hitter Luis Torrens with two hits, one run, and one RBI. September 8th, at the Houston Astros, the team would win 8-5. to five. Player of the game would be center fielder Jared Kelnick with two hits, one run, two RBIs, and a walk. September 10th versus the Diamondbacks in the first of a three-game stretch. They would win that game 5-4. to four. Player of the game would be catcher Tom Murphy with two hits, two runs, and three RBIs. September 11th versus the Diamondbacks, they would lose 7-3. Player of the game would be D.H. Mitch Hanniger with one hit, one run, and two RBIs. September 12th versus the Diamondbacks, they would lose 5-4. Player of the game would be center fielder Jared Kelnick with one hit, one run, and two RBIs. And then September 13th, in the first of a very important three-game stretch against the Boston Red Sox, the team would win 5-4. Player of the game would be right fielder Mitch Hanniger with four hits. He was 4-4, one run, and three RBIs. Uh, he hit a big three-run homer uh, to give the Mariners the lead and eventually would be the go-ahead three runs for the Mariners as they would lock that game up against Boston. Player of the week, I had second baseman Abraham Toro. In six games, 25 at-bats, uh, he had eight hits, four runs, four doubles, six RBIs, 12 total bases, one walk, one stolen base, a 320 batting average, a 346 on-base percentage, a 480 slugging percentage, and an 826 on-base plus slugging. The Mariners' current record is 78-66. and 66. They are second in the AL West right now and two games back of the Boston Red Sox for the second wild card. And they have two games against Boston coming up. Before we get to that, uh, team news. On September 8th, the Mariners shut down their number four pitching prospect, Emerson Hancock. The prospect was shut down due to a shoulder issue and will not pitch again in 2021, but he will still go through the offseason training program with the Mariners organization. So Hancock is just being, it, it seems like more of a precautionary issue. 
uh, make sure they're taking care of this guy making sure they don't ruin anything for his arm long term. September 9th, infielder Kevin Padlow was recalled from AAA Tacoma in a resulting move as left-handed pitcher Tyler Anderson was placed on the bereavement list. Best of luck and best wishes to Tyler Anderson, hoping it was nothing too serious. Um, but bereavement list basically means that something, someone related to them, something uh, something related, someone related to them, uh, f- family, friends, uh, passed away. Uh, September 12th, left-handed pitcher Tyler Anderson reinstated from the bereavement list, and Kevin Padlow was optioned to AAA Tacoma. September 14th, the morning that this is being recorded, uh, Tyler T-Mobile Park and the Mariners were selected to host a 2023 MLB All-Star Game at T-Mobile Park. They last hosted the Midsummer Classic in 2020, no, 2001. Obviously, 2001, if you're a Mariners fan, a lot of things happened that year. Um, so hoping that uh, we have a sort of similar year next year. Um, and that is exciting. Oh, in 2023, pardon me. And that is exciting to have the Midsummer Classic back in Seattle, back in this ballpark. I think it'll be great. Uh, this ballpark has always done a good job at fan experience, and it should be really exciting uh, to host the All-Star Game again. Kyle Seeger was also on the 14th selected as the Mariners representative nominee for the Roberto Clemente Award. Uh, big honor for Kyle. Kyle has been, you know, if you follow the show, you know that how we feel about Kyle Seeger, hoping that he'll be back next year, as well as the, you know, being grateful that he's been with this organization and hoping that that continues. But, you know, we'll have to see uh, what the front office is thinking in terms of that. But regardless of how he plays on the field, uh, grateful to have a human being like Kyle Seeger on this ball club. Other notes and around the league, uh, in relation to Roberto Clemente, the MLB is expanding the Roberto Clemente honor. All Puerto Rican players plus others will be allowed to wear the number 21 to honor Roberto Clemente on September 15th. The upcoming schedule for your Mariners, they will play the Boston Red Sox the next two days on the 14th and 15th. Then they will go on the road to play the Kansas City Royals the 17th, 18th, and 19th. Big, as I mentioned last week, every game down the stretch is important, but more so those Boston games are huge for the wild card, considering that Boston is holding that second wild card spot. All righty. Moving into Homs, Homs Seattle. Homs has your back in the loving big brother kind of way. Our goal is to change the mental health conversation one heart at a time. I know that race Porter and Homs had a drop the other day. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm always a little cautious when I say these things, cause I'm pretty sure that, uh, they sold out. Yeah. The, I love you hoodie sold out already. Um, so I would have promoted that, but it sold out. Uh, there's still always good stuff to see on Homs. A lot of this stuff is good and sells out relatively quickly. So again, if you're not part if you're not aware, you should go check it out. They've got, uh, most importantly, I'll highlight the Hawks hoodie. Uh, it is their standard faces hoodie with the three hearts, but it is in Seahawks colors. Uh, that is still available. They still have that. Uh, let me check the sizes on this. Small is still good. Medium is still good. Large is still good. So yeah, Hawks hoodie is still good. Uh, their hard socks are still available. Um, hidden phases, Homs X the Dozier hoodie that collab is still available loud hoodie miles gaskin t still available uh they've got a snap mac so there's still some good stuff on there so still check it out of course um but more so if you want to uh stay tapped in um 
with what Hams is doing, I would check out the website, be active with their social media because race always announces what they're doing and what they're dropping with releases and such. So I would go and check that out if I were you. That is H-O-M-S-S-E-A-T-T-L-E.com, Hams Seattle. Go and check them out. Uh, go follow them uh, on social media. Seattle Sounders, uh, in their past week, they played Minnesota United FC on September 11th. In that game, they would win one to nothing. Player of the game would be Zhao Paulo with one goal on one shot, one shot on target, and a 74% pass percentage. Uh, no injury news to report other than Stefan Fry and uh, Nuhu were back this game. Uh, really important to get those guys back uh, and healthy in this lineup. Uh, the record for the Sounders still sits at, well, now sits at three, 13 wins, six draws, and four losses. They are first in the Western Conference and second in the MLS in points with 45. Looking ahead, they will play the Santos Laguna Club of the Liga MX on September 14th in the League Club's League's Cup semifinal at 7 p.m. Pacific time on ESPN2. And then September 18th, they will play Real Salt Lake on the road at 6.30 p.m. on ESPN+. So big games there for the Sounders coming up. Uh, the League's Cup final. Um, I'm not going to say it's a huge deal, but as Brian Schmetcher uh, said in the locker room after the game, it's important to always win things and to, you know keep that winning culture going and win trophies. Um, so that is something important. Hardware is on the line, um, as well as after that game on the 18th against Real Salt Lake, more points are on the line. So, uh, important for the Sounders to continue moving on to the season. Seattle Storm, uh, played two games over the past week on September 7th. They played the Washington Mystics at home. They would win that game 105 to 71. Player of the game would be Jewel Lloyd with 20 points, six rebounds, and six assists. Something else happened in that game, and if you follow the storm pretty closely, you would know, but we will get to that here in a second. Uh, September 12th at the Los Angeles Sparks, they would lose 53-81. to 81. Player of the game would be guard Epiphany Prince with 12 points, one rebound, and two steals. She was the only storm player to be in double digits for that game. That was a rough game. I believe both Prince and Stephanie Talbot in the post-game press conference mentioned that the sparks were intense and physical throughout and the storm just were not able to adjust to that. Uh, and the storm are four and six since the all-star since the Olympic break. Um, that is not good. Uh, just considering the seating that they had and how competitive that this league is. And now considering that they are third in the West and fourth in the league uh, team notes, injury news. Uh, Brianna Stewart is out until the post, at least postseason. Uh, the superstar suffered a left foot injury against the Washington Mystics. She will be reevaluated prior to the pre the postseason. That is what happened um, in that game. Big issue there, just you know, considering the importance that Stewie has to this club. Um, difficult, difficult to deal with that. Um, I don't know. I don't. You know. It'll be important to see what adjustments the team makes heading into their next game. Uh, that next game is September 17th versus the Phoenix Mercury at 7 p.m. Pacific time on NBA TV. But, you know, ha- not having Stewie for the playoffs, for this playoff run, uh, is a big deal. And, you know, more than likely, if we're being completely honest, I don't know how successful this team will be, you know, without Stewie going forward. Um for the playoffs. So we'll have to see and reevaluate that going forward. 
The team current record is at 20 wins and 11 losses. As I mentioned, they are third in the West and fourth in the league, and they have that September 17th matchup to end the regular season against the Mercury at 7 p.m. Pacific time on NBA TV. Maestro Athletics, Maestro just released actually a um, just released a they have pre-orders going on currently for the some Seattle Seahawks shorts. They are uh, navy blue shorts. They are listed as the 12 shorts. Uh, they're limited pre-order. They have the Seahawks sort of blue with the uh, sort of feather design on the sides of them. They look great. Um, so the limited pre-order is going on currently. Um, you have to put in your pre-order, uh, before Friday, uh, before Friday at, um, trying to find it. I believe it's Friday, uh, at midnight. So go and check them out. It's M A E S T R O A T H L E T I C S.com. Go and check them out. Going into Seattle Kraken, uh, the team signed two players. Over the past week, the team signed defenseman Dennis Cholosky to a one-year deal, and the team signed forward Ryan Donato to a one-year deal. Looking ahead for the Kraken, their inaugural training camp begins September 23rd at the Kraken Iceplex. If that's available for people to attend or not, I am not 100% sure on that. And then after that, uh, their first preseason game will be September 26th versus the Vancouver Canucks. Getting into the oil rain, uh, over the past week, they were supposed to have a match against the Washington Spirit on the road on the 12th, but the Spirit had to forfeit due to medical issues uh, and breaking of medical protocol. Basically means that they had players that were unvaccinated and contracted the COVID, uh, and the rain won 3 to nothing per FIFA rules in that forfeit. Uh, so the rain gets three points and 3-0 goal differential. Um, I would have an injury report for you, but... The, the Washington forfeited. So there's nothing to report there. Really. Um, the team moves to 10 wins, two draws and seven losses. They are second in the league uh, with 32 points. Um, man, uh, for the rain to be at second is really cool to see simply because I remember, you know, being at the games earlier in the year uh, in the press box and Ooh, geez. Um, Sorry, I just saw a headline and an injury there. Um, not Seahawks or Seattle team related. Um, the team was in eighth place uh, in week five. You know, a lot of teams, a lot of people counted them out. And now they are second in the league with 32 points with five games left to qualify for playoffs. So that's very exciting. Um, yeah, just proud. Just proud. Uh, league news, the details for the 2021 NWSL expansion draft were released. With the two new teams joining the league, Angel City FC in Los Angeles and San Diego NWSL, the teams are permitted to protect a total of nine players, which may include one U.S. allocated player. All other players and other U.S. allocated players must be unprotected. Individuals on the discovery list of any team are not eligible to be selected in the expansion draft, meaning that the teams are not required to designate discovery players as protected or unprotected. Teams are required to disclose to the league, along with the protected and unprotected players designation, any players, U.S. allocated players, who a team believes will be unavailable to play by January 1st, 2022, due to injury, retirement, loan, or any other reason. 
This information will be shared with the expansion teams. Angel City FC and San Diego may select one player from each team for a total of nine selections each. Additionally, both clubs may select no more than one unprotected U.S. allocated player. One 150k funded allocation money grant will be assigned to each expansion team, which they may keep or exchange with the team if they select an unprotected U.S. allocated player from that team. So with Angel City FC and San Diego NWSL being part of the expansion team, expansion draft this upcoming year, um, the rain will have to gear up for expansion draft, losing two players uh, here later in the year. Looking ahead, on September 26th, the Rain will be back versus the Orlando Pride at home, 4 p.m. Pacific time on Twitch. If you are in the area, if you are in the state of Washington and you are on the western side of the state, and if you can make it to Shaney Stadium for the games, please do it. These women need all your support. Uh, tickets are not exactly expensive. Um, so, anyway, um, if you can come out and support the Rain, Please do so. It would mean a lot to them. I know that. And just supporting women's sports in general. Um, no no Sonics news. No Dragons news. Uh, UW Athletics. For the Pac-12 and general college news, the Big 12 invited BYU, UCF, U- Cincinnati, and Houston to the conference. Uh, football-related. This is not fun to talk about. At Michigan, the team would lose 31-10. to The Huskies offense continue to look atroc- to, continues to look atrocious. The defense cannot keep up as UW drops 0-2, and things do not look bright as the moment stands. The stat leaders for the game for the Huskies were Dylan Morris, completing 20 of his 37 attempts for 293 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Richard Newton led on the ground with 12 attempts for 24 yards, and receiving Terrell Bynum led with five receptions, 115 yards, and one touchdown. They stood at 0-2, and they are tied for last in the Pac-12 currently. Uh, Their next game is against Arkansas State at home on September 18th. Uh, Women's basketball news. uh, The NCAA is expanding the women's tournament. The D1 Women's Basketball Tournament is going to expand from 64 teams to 68 68 teams in 2022. Looking into men's soccer, uh, September 10th, they defeated Dartmouth 3-0. Their team record sits at 4-0. They are third ranked nationally, and they are first in the Pac-12. Their next game is September 16th at Utah Valley. Women's soccer, on September 11th, they played Long Beach State at home. They would draw 1-1. to Their team record is one win, four losses, and one draw. They are ranked. They are not ranked nationally, and they are currently ranked last in the Pac-12. Their next matchup is September 16th at Seattle U. Uh, September 10th at Pepperdine for volleyball. Uh, the volleyball team would beat Pepperdine on the road 3-1. to September 11th, they will play Cal Poly at home and win that matchup 3-1. Their team record is 5-1. They are ninth nationally ranked, and they are 5th ranked in the Pac-12. September 16th, they play Montana State and Fresno State in that day. And then September 17th, they play Portland. So, another big week of Seattle sports, but, you know, personally, I would not have it any other way. It is amazing being able to look at all these teams and just break all of them down. Um, and just happy to see how these guys do things and take care of business. So I want to thank all of you for tuning in. Um, and I will be back on the 21st of September next week. You all have a good rest of your day. Take care. Baba Bowie.